This is Kevin Herter. This is Melo Trimble. This is Lonnie Bass. This is Scott Van Pelt. This is Stefan Day. This is Chris Knocky. This is Johnny Holiday. This is Walt Williams. This is Mark Turgeon. This is Gary Williams, and you're listening to IMS Radio. It's Tonga by Lois, circling out of the pocket again and sprinting down the sideline. He's got Funk in front of him and a touchdown. He's got 18 points. Four seconds. It would have been good from 65 out. He nailed that football. It was Brad Craddock with the game winner. A 43-yard field goal with 51 seconds to go. And Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. That assist gives him a triple-double for Vasquez. The first in 22 years. To the corner, Vasquez. Everybody. Welcome to another version of IMS Radio. Sans Paul Douglas, he will not be joining us today. He abandoned us for his family, Jeff. Several priorities. What a chump. I can't believe this guy. What is he doing? And we got a good guest, too. A very good guest. A guest that I've seen you post on the message board, on the InsideMarylandSports.com message board that this player is the has this player's recruiting ranking has been more scrutinized than any other player in maybe the history of you doing this. AJ yeah. Swan. Yeah, I don't remember this much attention paid literally in 15 years of doing this, basketball or football. People are clamoring. I mean, I don't blame the kid. He's a he's a really good prospect. Uh, I can see why they think he should be a four star. I mean, he's, you know, he did well at all the camps, went to the elite 11 finals, performed well there. So, you know, but I don't make the rankings. I'm not a scout. So all I can do is, is pass it along to the guys who are, but um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's one of the better quarterback commits Maryland's had in a while. I, in, in doing the research for the show, getting questions prepped and all that, I went to his Twitter he lists himself as a four-star. It says it in his Twitter bio. So, I mean, four-star on a couple other sites, so I would too. Oh, it is? Okay, yeah. Yeah, so if you guys already said A.J. Swan, in case you didn't know all the details, he is a quarterback out of Cherokee High in Georgia, 6'5". No, sorry, six foot 2.5, six foot two and a half, 200 pounds, 88, rating on 247 composite three-star, but many people believe he should be a four-star. So maybe we'll get into that a little four bit. Star on the other, so naturally fans are going to see, well, they have him as a four. They don't remember the times where we have a guy as a four-star and the others have him as a three. But when 20, you know, I mean, I understand it. I get it. Right. It'll just happen. Maryland's had a bunch of borderline, like right on the cusp 
Wasn't Kasim? No, he was a four star, I think. Like legit full blown. I think he was a full blown four star, which just shows you rankings don't necessarily. Well, you never know, but he had the injury and all that, right? So he was so good for those first couple games he played in. Yeah, Texas, and then Howard. I mean, it was Howard, but uh, and then it just yeah, the injury and oh man, that one year he started that was tough sledding. Yeah. And we cannot forget that we at one point had this guy committed. This is Dwayne Haskins, and you're listening to IMS Radio. Go Terps. Go Terps. <laughs> well, he might be looking for might, might have to give him a job pretty soon. I think he's about to get cut by the Steelers, most likely. He's not. He's not. He struggled enough. in their final. You know, this is his chance. I mean, I think after this, I don't know how many chances. Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, look, even if that happens and he, and he kind of flames out, he still made millions of dollars, set himself up for life. He's probably got a career in coaching or maybe in commentating, whatever. He's going to have he's going to be fine. So yeah. there's no reason to feel super sorry for the guy. You know, yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. Um, we expected a lot of people expected a lot of them. Though. I mean, that year at Ohio state was incredible. It makes you look back and say, maybe some of it was about the talent that was around him that year. Cause you know, he was, his numbers were insane. That one when you year. have no, no pressure, you got five seconds to make every pass. Every receiver is getting three yards of separation. It's like, that's true. You know, that's very yeah. True. Anyway, we have a few things to go through some items to talk about little bit we could talk about the weight loss challenge a little bit i'm down seven more pounds since our last oh, show no you're you're boat racing me at this point yeah i'm down i'm down totally you're down like 90 97 pounds roughly uh 43.4 now that's really good 43. i think let's see uh i think from my very peak weight i'm down about 30 32 or 33 which is still not bad but great uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. ideally, you know, I keep it going a little longer, but it's winter time, so this is when I start yeah. to uh, put on my extra layer of football weight. And we have six more days to lose weight because on September fourth, six days from now, Maryland's opening day. We are doing the live on location IMS radio show at Paul's tailgate. And we have some guests to announce. Would you like to do the honors, Jeff? We have two confirmed guests as of this point. Would you like to go ahead and let the people know? Yeah, we've got uh, Chris Naki is going to join us to talk Terps, you know, our most uh, revered slash most invited guest that we've had. We love Chris, obviously. Mm-hmm. The man knows all the inner workings of basketball. Great time. There's a lot of good insights to share. And then Sean Merriman. Is going to join Sean us. Sean Merriman. Very excited about Sean yeah, Merriman. Former Maryland legend and former NFL star, sack leader in the NFL. He'll be there too, uh, which would be awesome. I don't think we've ever had have we we've never had him as a guest, have we? We do not have Sean Merriman. I'm excited about getting his his IM, IMS radio bumper, and I'm going to get another one today with we AJ Swan. Have him sack somebody. Yeah, have him sack somebody and do like, didn't he have like a lights out dance? He had like some sort of dance he used to do. That'd be hilarious. 
we could just get him to do the dance without actually sacking somebody. No, sacking somebody would be hilarious. Like, uh, all right, knock is it good? Is going to be a on your insurance? No, Paul. Paul's the odd. Paul's because it's his tailgate. Yeah, it's his tailgate. So, so anybody watching, don't tell Paul. <laughs> anybody want to volunteer to get sacked <laughs> by Sean Merriman? Reminds me, have you ever seen the I? Uh, I said, almost said Comedy Central roasts. Have you ever watched those? I freaking yeah. love those. Of course, there was one, and I forget who the the guest was, but one of the jackass guys, Steve-O, was there and was one of the guys, and Mike Tyson was one of the others, and Steve-O, part of his shtick was awful, really not funny, but part of his thing was he was going to have Mike Tyson punch him in the face. And it was kind of weird because he had Mike Tyson hold his fist straight out like this. And Steve-O ran full speed right into the fist, ran head first into it. It was kind of a weird way to do it. Anybody could do that. I mean, that kind of defeats the purpose of being Mike Tyson. (laughs) Yeah, but that would be hilarious. So, so Paul, he probably won't bother to watch this. So, we'll set it up. We'll set it up. When everybody's nice and loose, a little sauced up, we'll have him come out of nowhere. Like, uh, was that, remember the office linebacker, Terry Tate? Yes. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it like that. Do it like that. We need somebody volunteer. We got a couple other possibles too. I'm not going to mention them because you know, in case they don't work out, we got some other really good potential. Two more potential really good guests, and maybe a few other uh, things going on. So, yeah, everybody come out. It's going to be a lot of fun. These live shows always are. Going to be a lot of fun. If we end up with four, we'll take four because every one of them is a big name be really great to have. So we'll play it by ear. Maybe we'll run into some random people there while we're there that day. And we'll have fun with it. Yeah. We're starting the show at one, but um, if anybody wants to come by noon, I think we'll get going. Start. Right. And Paul's tailgate is at near the, what is it? Nine B lot nine B and lot U U. It's by the Xfinity Center, by the tall stairs and the grass right there. So if you go over that way, you'll see us set up. Come join us. Have a good time. Hang out with us. Show's going to be about an hour and a half long, but we'll be partying and tailgating for before and after that. So everyone, please come join us. And that leads to our next live show, which is now confirmed. We talked about it last time as a possibility. December 11th in New York City. The day before Maryland plays Florida at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, we're going to be doing a live on location show at the Abbey Tavern, which is on the corner of 3rd and 26th, I believe, or maybe it's 3rd and 27th, one of those two, 3rd and 26th in Manhattan. We're going to be doing a live show there, and we have maybe the biggest potential guest. That's all I'm going to say. Maybe. I don't want to jinx it. We have some good guests. Maybe lining up for that one too. And so look out for December 11th. We will obviously get you guys all the details for that once it gets closer to time. Last thing, last little item to cover Big Survivor. This is. <laughs> I knew it when I put the entry in. I'm like, Scott Frost is definitely going to fuck this up yeah. for me, but you have to pick it. There's one game. We really shouldn't have, as I was watching this transpire in Nebraska doing what doing in Nebraska, I thought we should have skipped this first week with one game. It's like a gun I, to your head on picking one of two horrendous. Who did you do? Did you pick Nebraska? 
Yeah, I'm out too. 106 well, I'm sure people. 90% people. of people are out, right? 100, 106 people entered, 12 people are left. So almost oh, about 90%. And that's I thought about it. Everybody back in, I think. I was gonna I was just gonna ask you that. I yeah. thought about it, setting it up so that we only played 13 weeks and you would be able to not pick one team. But I was like, if you count the week zero, then you can do it with all 14 teams. And so, <laughs> but we can't penalize the people who got it right. We have to let them continue. The only thing I could say is, do you want to start a second one and give away a second <laughs> prize? That's what I was going to say. I, I, I'm, not, I'm never opposed to giving away a free subscription just for, for a fun contest. Uh, those, right. people, those 12 people are probably like, hold on a minute. But well, I guess they could, they could win two years. Prize, yeah. In they terms of two years. Just in terms of competing with a yeah. lot of people, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm we'll not. have two, yeah, two running simultaneously. The 12 that are still alive, they're still alive for their prize. And they can enter the next one too and can win twice. So that way everybody else can play again because it feels lame. Everybody's yeah. out already. So we'll do another one. I'll set it up. Maybe I'll get it started tomorrow and everybody gets a second chance. We had a funny comment in the chat room. Jeff, when is IMS signing Rachel Nichols? She might need a job from me. I don't know who else is going to sign her. Uh, and she's a Montgomery County. She's a Churchill grad. Did you know that? Montgomery County native? Did not. Uh, no, I don't know. I am looking for more help. It's, it's hard to get... Uh, Hard to get good help. I might have to reach out to her. Could, could use a good female presence. Yeah, we've never had a not by choice, obviously, but we've never had a uh, whatever, Jeff. Writer. We know, we know, whatever, Jeff. No, we never have. But uh, yeah, that's weird how that whole thing went down. Yeah, if anybody knows a good recruiting writer slash reporter who's like a super hustler, has experience, and is interested in covering Maryland. Hit me up. We need a new guy with the fall here. So there's or, my or gal, guy or gal or gal. See, there it is. That's why I've never. You're right. I'm a total chauvinist, and I didn't even know it. There you go. We have had some female guests, Brenda Freeze, and what was her assistant's name? That's Shelby. I knew That's you were going to Shelby. Say. Yeah, she's at she's at West Virginia now. Is she? Yeah. I don't. I don't have. She must have come on before I was doing that, before I was getting everybody to give us the little blurb. So I do have, I don't know if you remember, I do have two other female Terps that gave us blurbs. They were female soccer players, Shade Ayinde and Marissa Kresge. I was in New York at Bryant Park just sitting at the bar by myself. And I heard them talking about playing soccer at Maryland. And I was like, you played soccer at Maryland. I do a Maryland radio show. They totally thought I was hitting on them. And what's that? You get no, 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 no. But they gave me the bumper and then followed them on Twitter. And I sent it to them. They didn't care that much, but they count. They played at Maryland. So you never got the Ludovicas. Never got the Ludovicas. Just, just stalk them from afar. Huh? Yeah, pretty much. Every once in a while, when it comes up on the radio show, is the extent of my stalking. That's funny. We know that's not true, but <laughs> it is. It is. I've never watched a women's golf tournament in my life. 
I don't. Does Big Ten even show, Big Ten Network even show that? Maybe they do. Not that I've seen. I don't know. I don't know. We are six days away from Maryland season. So excited. Had a season last year, kind of five games, no fans. Felt very unfulfilling. Feels like this is the first time in two years, really. People are going to be the. I was going to say anticlimactic, but unfulfilling is definitely the word for last year. It was, yeah. But some good things happened for Maryland. I have gone back and I watched highlight reel clips of all the games. And I'd forgotten the Indiana game. I just remember they got kind of blown out at the end, but I had forgotten. Maryland, they they dominated the game in the first half, but just shot themselves in the foot like five times and could have yep. been ahead by 10 points or more. Yeah. And could have been a very close Maryland could have won the game had they not done that. But yeah, yeah, was, they did. Talia was really bad in the second half of that game. And then the one play I remember was the end zone. I think it was the end zone read option. And they either fumbled it or he threw a pick or it was a really bad play call. And if you safety, listen, yeah. Or it was a safety. You're right. And if you listen closely to Loxley talk about that game, he'll say, oh, I felt like it wasn't his fault. Basically, we didn't put him in a good position. You can tell basically basically he's like Scotty Montgomery called a terrible game. Like you can, <laughs> if you listen yeah. you can take away from what Loxley says about that game. That was well, bad. he's gone. So, yeah, he's gone. And Dan Enos, everybody's high on him, not just fans, but coaches at other schools. They're like, they're going to be really good on offense with him. He'll get them right. So that's going to be interesting. Brian Stewart on defense, you know, we'll have to kind of wait and see what he's, what he's bringing to the table. Because uh, Hope was good last year. Hope was a lot better. So, you know, on, on offense, you're filling uh, – you're not filling huge shoes maybe necessarily – Going from Montgomery to Enos, but on defense, I feel like that's a that's a question mark. But I, you know, while I ramble, I also feel like maybe on the on the flip side, the defense might be the strength of the team. I think people are sleeping on that possibility. A lot of good players, a lot of serious talent. Some of it young, but hey, they look promising. And really, both sides of the ball. And I guess really the big big concern is the offensive line. Got to get that figured out. You know, we should know pretty soon. We should know Tuesday. That's when the depth chart will come out. Who's starting there? I, my gut says they leave Jahari Branch at center after having moved him over from guard. Uh, and then maybe Evan Gregory at, at his vacated guard spot. Obviously, you know, the tackles are going to be Duncan and Anderson. You know, the left guard is going to be Lunsford. So the question is whether... Eric Harris, the junior college center, is ready to roll. And what the depth looks like, obviously, we have no idea. They really like a few of those younger guys. But, yeah, that's that's the big question mark. No injuries is the hope. Just get through the games with no injuries, and hopefully they can progress throughout the season. I went to the West Virginia message board to just kind of check out a little bit, see what they're saying. And it seems like 90% of their posts are about realignment. They don't, for good reason, for them, because they're in a very precarious position. Yeah, now, we're on like, um, you know, moving back in with mom and dad on the couch as a program. Like, yeah, couch surfing it, you know. I haven't looked at what the latest is with them. What, is, what are their prospects looking like? So they're, 
In terms of the team or in terms of real Long term, what are they thinking? Are they think they might have a home in the ACC eventually? Or that's so always going to be their dream forever. A lot of the posters are talking about that. They're talking about how the ACC is elitist. And screw. some of them are kind of angry about it, like screw them. And some of them are like, no, don't screw the ACC. If they ask us, we're there like this because they want to get into the more stable conference, obviously, and make sure they have a spot at one of the power conferences. Some of them are saying they'd be a much more better, uh, a better cultural fit in the SEC, which I think actually makes sense, except they don't bring a market that, which is somewhat phasing out because of the way television and streaming is changing. However, they do bring, they would bring a lot of subscribers. They're pretty decent in that regard, but would it be enough to up the amount of money each school would be making? No. And that's the problem. Not, for, not even for the ACC, which makes less money. So that's the problem. So they're no all discussing. You know, we kind of no man's land in terms of that great fan support, but market size is everything and they don't yeah. have it. Yeah. And so a lot of them are kind of coming to the grip, coming to grips with the fact that, no, I guess not a fact, coming with to grips with the strong possibility that they're going to have to be in a big, a weekend big 12 and invite some combination of BYU, Boise, Cincinnati, Houston, Memphis, UCF, something like that. Well, and not get terrible. That, I mean, not terrible, but it's not. It's not big time, but it's there's some respectable. It's respectable, but it's not. It's I, not. I would say they're not much worse. They're probably as a whole better than the ACC. And that when you put those six teams in that conference, the quality of football across up to top to bottom. ACC's got Clemson. That's it. Right, there it is. After after that, what ACC what does the ACC have? You have Florida State with always the possibility of them being Florida State again, so you always have that. Yes. However, is Miami, Virginia Tech, are they ever getting back what they had? Probably not. Maybe. Virginia, I don't know. Maybe, maybe probably That's not. Still pretty good, pretty good ways ahead of that previous group you mentioned. Well, that if that's your, that's your top four. Carolina's recruiting North like Carolina. That's Alabama. a good one. But you've got – uh, you've got the bottom of the ACC, which is really bad. The bottom of the Big 12 will be way better. I bet if you did a – if you filled up the Big 12 that way and you did an ACC Big 12 challenge, it would be very close. Very close. Yeah, yeah I mean, the ACC has not been killing it, but they've got much bigger brands and much higher ceiling anyways. In the chat, they're reminding me that UNC and Miami are both ranked top 15 to start the year, but I will remind them that Miami has been ranked high many years over the past 15 years and have flopped miserably nearly well, every time. Really good. Not, not uh, national contender like the U good, but like really good, like, you know, winning nine or 10 games good. They had a season, was it two years ago or three years ago, where they started off really good and had a shot to be in the national picture. And then just the last two to three games were really bad. And they just yeah. completely fell out of the picture. But I don't, other than that, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, it's a small private school. So 
you know, and everybody's recruiting Florida like crazy now. They don't have the market cornered like they did when they became huge in the 80s. Yeah, it's crazy. It feels like there's so many of those schools in college football that have that traditional uh, brand and prestige when you look back, but just can't seem to get back to that. Like you look at Florida State, Tennessee, Tennessee USC to an extent. USC to an extent. There's a lot Mich- of them. Michigan is a little bit like that. Yeah, Harbaugh's had Nebraska. Harbaugh's, Harbaugh's piled up those nine and ten win seasons, but he can't beat Ohio State. Uh, yeah, in Nebraska, as I said, I mean they can't get it together at all. That was a hideous performance. How about Randy Etzel, by the way, coming out hot after two years off? <laughs> what was the final score to that? Forty-five to nothing. Jeez. Yeah. He had 600 days to prepare for that game. Yeah, but it's still UConn, Jeff, and they're still playing on the opposite coast, and they're just he – is, He is so bad. I mean, good for and him. The, good for the him. The thing is, he built that program up pretty good before he came to Maryland. It was built up pretty nice. A chunk of that, they were playing what were one double A's at that time. He had the one good year in the Big East where he went like eight and – four, eight, and five against a terrible Big East. That's the that's what got him the Maryland job was that year. Got blown out. I think it was Oklahoma maybe in like the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. Went straight to Maryland, didn't even tell his players he was leaving, which was ironic given all his platitudes and about, you know, all the things. He, he, had, he had made a player announce to the team that he was leaving for the NFL. He had made him stand up in front of the team, and then he – rolled out on his team without saying anything. So that was that's just the guy that he was. But anyways, you know. That's always the knock on him, that sort of militaristic. But there's nothing behind it. That's fine if you want to be that guy. But you have to have the actual character that you're portraying behind it and have the chops as a coach too because you can't be, you know, his guy. Who was it? Um, Jim Fossil that he came up under? Or no, Tom Coughlin, obviously. Tom Coughlin mm. was militaristic guy but he had had great success so you got to have the success part but yeah uh, i thought that was classic so i'm gonna share with you i found our season predictions that we made back in we made in may can you see this Mm -hmm. so here are the games that's massey's they say 5.61 wins. Team ranking says 5.83. ESPN, FPI, I couldn't figure out. It doesn't look like they break it out by game, but they're predicting 5.3 wins. College football news says 4.5. Yuck. I say I had mine at 6.11. Paul, 6.63. You at 6.37. I'm the lowest of all three, if you can believe that. Just but, a moderate, middle-of-the-road kind of guy right there. I like that. Well, are you – Sticking with this, or are yeah. you you like what you got here? This are you still good with seventy seven percent chance to win at Illinois? I don't think so. <laughs> I uh, would drop. I dropped that to like a fifty. How much of that best. was Illinois, and how much of that was Nebraska just puking all over themselves? Yeah, but it's Maryland, and Illinois looked like a well coached team that's going to run the ball and not make mistakes and. I don't see them play well against somebody else. 
I mean, we'll see in we'll see in three weeks. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll see soon. Nebraska was catching punts at their own one and throwing them out of the end zone and doing all kinds of craziness. Uh, I mean, Illinois might be better than I'm sure their fans are loving that from Bielema. AJ just joined. Hang on, let me let him in. Can you hear me now? How you doing, AJ? Good. How are y'all? Good. Thank yeah. you for joining us. Everyone's Thank very very excited about your commitment and meticulously analyzing your rating on the message board. I don't know if you've seen that stuff. What was it? <laughs> but what was it about Maryland that led you to commit to Maryland? How about we start there? What was it? What do you like about Maryland? Uh, I mean, when they first offered me, they kind of told me what their plan was me. Like they already had a plan set for me when they offered me and that kind of went a long way with me. And uh, what about Coach Locks? What is it about him that's kind of won you over? How much do you guys communicate and what kind of vibe do you have with him? Uh, Coach Locks and me communicate, if not every day, then every other day. And we have a close relationship like that. And then his past background, him and Coach Enos, working at Alabama together, starting to have that bond. And I mean, I need to have that bond, Coach Enos and him. So it's going to be something to work on in the future. You're coming into a class in 2022 that's got two quarterbacks. How do you feel about being in a two-quarterback class as opposed to most – usually there's one. I mean, I love to compete. I think that me and Jaden are going to have a great competition when we get up there, and that's kind of just my attitude is I've always wanted to compete, and I'd love to get up there and compete. Is there a guy that anybody compares you to or an NFL guy that you kind of model your game after? Like, who do you think, like, okay, I could see myself being like that guy? Uh, Josh Allen, like both have strong arms and then he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he can extend plays out of the pocket. What part of your game are you going to work on? Or do you want to work on most during the senior season before you get to Maryland? Uh, kind of mobility and then just pocket presence, like feeling the defensive line and linebackers that are blitzing and feeling that around me and just moving and stepping up and making an accurate throw. But Larry referred to the four star controversy how much do you see of that i know you, i would if it was me um to me that's not really a big deal like i, I think i've said previously with you jeff um i mean like when you're talking to other recruits seeing that they're four stars like a huge deal but like to that person it's really not a big deal but if a three-star text you're like oh he's just a three-star but if a four-star text you're like oh he's a four-star so probably look into this it's not an ego thing but it would help for sales purposes <laughs> yes for your name, image, and likeness, right? You were talking about uh, talking with other players, compete with other players. You were in the Elite 11 camp with these other players. How do you think you fared with that? How did you compare with them? And uh, what did you take out of the whole experience? Uh, the experience is great. I mean, I got to meet a lot of new dudes, a lot of the top quarterbacks in the country, and know them on a personal level, not just from football and at camps and stuff. So that was great. And then, like, being there, being in that stage is been a dream for every quarterback so it kind of just like wow I actually got invited it's like a dream come true and then I feel like I did pretty good I feel like I could have made some better throws that would have helped the, my ranking and my final result there but it is what it is I was just glad to be invited to that. So when was the first time that the thought hit you like hey I might be able to play big time I mean is it something where you know you grew up as a quarterback and you were dominating throughout like peewee ball or later you had a growth spurt in, in 10th grade and you thought you might have a shot. How did that kind of unfold? Uh, so I started playing when I was like five. I mean, I didn't really even 
like like the game before I'd even watch it. I was at a baseball tournament and the team we were playing against, my dad knew the coach and their quarterback had just got hurt on a five U team. So I mean it wasn't really a big deal. But they were like, hey, we want him to come out because they saw I had a strong arm from baseball. So I went out and I was number 63 my first year as a quarterback. <laughs> and we were the only team that threw the ball. Like had and my very first play, I remember I went under, we were playing against a team called Ackworth Warriors, one under center. And got a safety the very first play of my game. And I looked at my mom and I said, I'm done playing football. I don't want to ever play again. But she made me stay out there. And then fourth grade, I quit playing because I, I loved baseball. And then I still went to all the practices just because all my friends still played. My dad still coached. And I, I, that's when I realized how much I really loved it, how much I really missed it that year. And then when college came around, I was it was kind of freshman year. Like going into eighth grade, I, was, I weighed like 145 pounds. And all the, all the varsity coaches like, you have the arm strength, you have the talent, you just got to get bigger. So I put a bunch of weight on and a bunch of not put too much weight on. But then I got my first offer going into sophomore year, and then I kind of clicked in my head like, oh, they're being serious. I actually can do that. And then freshman year when I started training with Coach Tony, he, my very first workout was with Harrison Bailey, Zach Calzada, Jared Grantarno, so a bunch of those college guys. And they were all like, he does that with everybody he thinks has a future. So that was kind of like a mind-setting moment for me. And then when did you know it was going to be Maryland? When was the point in your recruitment that it kind of dawned on you that that's where you were going to go? Uh, probably when I went up there with just my family. I went up there and because I'd already been up there before with one of the kids I used to live with, me, Ebony Jackson. I liked it, but I really paid too much attention to it because like they weren't interested in me. So I wasn't really going around looking and touring. I was just kind of hanging out with him. And uh, Tarheep was always up there with him because he was with Ebony. So I was just kind of hanging out with them. And we were, I mean, I wasn't really looking for anything specific or touring the campus, but I was just hanging out. And so when we went back up there over the quarantine, just me and my family, I mean, I kind of, I took it way more serious and we kind of viewed the whole campus and I was like, oh, I can definitely get used to this place. And then, so I def, I committed then, then I posted it two weeks later. Nice. I knew. <laughs> so you're, you're playing your senior season now. You just finished your first game. How much are you able to kind of keep in touch with Maryland and pay attention to what Maryland's doing in Maryland season while still focusing on your own season that you're dealing with? Uh, it's kind of, I kind of kept up with their season last year too, watching all the games. Cause I knew like, Hey, I, I really like this goal. I'm going to keep up with them. So my dad coaches the, or last year he coached the middle school age of the junior program. So I go to all their games. And if Maryland was going to play at that time, I'd pull it up on my phone while sitting behind the end zone um, with my mom and the head coach. I'll be watching the game. So we kind of watch every game. So that's kind of probably what I'm going to do this year is go to the junior game. So I like watching the kids and see how the program's going to be in the future. So when I come back, I can see how good they're going to be. So I kind of do that. And then when if Maryland's on, then I watch that. If not, then I go home or go eat with my friends and watch the game. What kind of, obviously Maryland made a change with Danny this year. Um, what vibe do you get from him personally? What do you think about his offense? And, you know, have you looked at any of his past work at Alabama or elsewhere? Uh, I love coach, you know, so um, actually when I went up there, we did like a little one-on-one -on -one workout because obviously no one's allowed to be on the field at the same time or anything because of quarantine and all that. But so me and him did our little one-on-one -on -one workout and he's a great coach. And then um, I kind of hung out with him and coach locks throughout the day. And I got to know both of them as uh, people. And I mean, I love both of them as people. They like to joke around. They can tell, like, I can tell that they know when to be serious and they know when to have fun. Uh, that's exactly all I am. And I then as far as offense goes, I, I, um, as far as offense goes, I only watched a couple plays and then Coach Locks called me into his office. So I didn't get to see a whole lot. 
But I know DJ Moore got to see a lot because he was with me up there. So he got to see a lot of the offense, not more than I did, at least. So I know next time when I go up there for the first game, I'm probably going to try to uh, meet up with Coach Enos because I've already texted him about sending me the workout plans and stuff, try to get bigger, get up there. DJ Moore is a good segue. It's not the Maryland DJ Moore. It's another recruit this year, DJ Moore. That's a good segue. What um, How's it going with recruiting? Any guys you really got like on your priority list that you're trying to get to come join you? I know – selfishly you've been going after offensive linemen and receivers for some reason um as of right now i haven't really been looking too far in recruitment because i've been trying to get my season right with our alignment and our receivers and our offense and just communicating between all of us and our offensive coordinator try to get some of the uh, loops out and everything to get our offense where it needs to be so as far as recruiting goes it's kind of slow right now is me looking into people until i get my uh, our offense where it needs to be AJ, we play a game with everyone on the show called Fill in the Blank. I'm going to ask you five rapid-fire questions. You say the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Okay. You got it. All right. Jeff already got some of these. Um, I was rewriting in the middle of, of what we were doing here, but here we go. Another talent you have besides playing football is? Basketball. Your favorite song right now is? I have a couple that's kind of tricky. Um, probably not even a song, it's probably like a whole album, but um, basically any song by Lil Baby. I know a lot of people be like, oh, he's from Atlanta, so he favors him. But Okay. The date you will arrive in College Park is? I know late January. So you'll be there for spring. Very good. Okay. Your, your favorite pizza topping is? Sausage. The number of Big Ten championships you will win during your career at Maryland will be? Four. <laughs> Me half a kid for that, right? I think you get five years now, right? You could potentially play yeah. five years. The goal is to get to the NFL as soon as possible, so if I can do that. <laughs> at least you didn't say three, right? Yeah. You could potentially be five years. One more thing we ask AJ if everybody comes on the show, could you do us a favor and say, This is AJ Swan, and you're, listen you're listening to IMS Radio. This is AJ Swan, and listen to IMS Radio. Thank you, AJ. Thank you for joining us. Everyone is very excited for you to get to College Park. First of all, get safely through your senior <laughs> season, win a state championship, then get to College Park next year. Everybody can't wait. Sir, thank you. Thanks, AJ. Thank you, AJ. Seems like a good kid. Seems like yeah. he knows what he's doing. Mature. You can tell his parents have done a good job, kind of kid, but that's usually how it is with quarterbacks, right? You can't take, you know, they have to be exceptional for the most part. If they're not, they don't become stars, you know. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think Maryland's got it lined up where, you know, you could conceivably have Tunga Bailoa. He stars this year, moves on to the NFL maybe. Udinsky, who some would say might be better than Tunga Bailoa, starts next year if he redshirts this year, moves on. And then Swan comes in in his second year and is the guy. So, they potentially got it lined up, but the potentially is like in italics because it's Maryland and quarterbacks. Yeah, but also I wouldn't write off Jaden yet. I mean, 
Who knows? He'll People- compete. Winner. He's a winner. He went 14-0 and won a state championship as a sophomore. Not many sophomore quarterbacks can do that. So he's got the he's got the DNA. He doesn't quite have the same measurables as Swan, but he's, you know, he's definitely going to be in the mix. But he's talking about his rating and maybe it's a couple points lower or whatever. He should be a four-star, but even still, he would only be three to four points higher than Jaden. It would not be that weird that yeah. Jaden and but Obviously, everyone's hoping for the best for AJ and comes in with a lot of accolades and praise. So You only need one to be good. Yeah. Well, you just said it. It's Maryland, so maybe you need to. That's maybe true. You need to. Um, so Udinsky doesn't count because he had the ACL before he got there. Who's the last? But he had already committed. Oh, you're right. So it does count. I think it does count. Yeah. Last year. Uh, not quarterback, but Terrence Lewis showed up with an ACL that he didn't even know about and had played on all season. Yeah. I guess you don't, I guess Talia didn't get injured, but he got COVID. So he couldn't couldn't play the last game. Yeah. That was, that was universal though. Yeah. The, the Rutgers game, I'm telling you, I watched all the highlights there's, there's these really nice ones they do that are about 20 minutes long, so you actually get kind of remember the full yeah. flow of the game and everything, and those were the ones I watched. And they, they had the game won 10 times. Yeah, and that's Penn, one of those that you can tell around the second or third quarter when they start to give it away that no matter what happens in the game, they're going to find a way to give it away. No matter, you know, no matter how many opportunities, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, so – We'll see. They they can't be doing that stuff this year. They have a chance to win the games. They got to win them. Got to get to six. Six, I think, is a good baseline. We do times five is eh, anything less bad news. Is there anything to talk about basketball wise? <laughs> I I I don't I I put in my basketball notes literally I put the question anything worthy to talk about question mark like there's nothing right I mean uh, I mean recruiting is happening but it's the thing is like they have no. these guys, they have these guys who they prioritize namely Cam Whitmore and JJ Starling who are the, probably I would say their top two guys with maybe a big space in between them and whoever's next. And they visited so early in the process and they're taking their time that it's just a waiting game with both those guys. Whitmore visited Carolina and Illinois last week. So I think he's probably getting pretty close. I think he might have one official left if he wants to take it. Um, but there's he's kept it extremely quiet in terms of favorites and such. Starling is quiet. Uh, and then you've got you know a handful of guys Chauncey Wiggins is a forward from Georgia, top 150-ish kind of guy who is going to has set an official for August or excuse me October 1st, which is obviously a ways off. Uh, you still have Will Richardson, the guard from New Jersey, who's supposed to officially visit, uh, and then Chris Bunch, forward from California. Who I think I think they actually have like a decent puncher's chance, or maybe better than a puncher's chance with him. Uh, he's still, he was supposed to visit in September, but he still hasn't set the date yet. 
spoke with his dad yesterday. He said he'll still visit. Rowan Brumball, a point guard from D.C., uh, is going to announce in the next – what's the date he said? The 30th, so tomorrow maybe, I guess. What's today? Say the 29th? Or today 20th? is the – yes, 29th. But yeah. I already deleted him. I deleted yeah. – I've been updating just as you were talking. I'm updating my yeah. My list yeah, I think he's going to Northwestern. That seems to be pretty much a done deal. I don't think Maryland really pressed for like. I don't know if that was a committable offer in the end. I think they kind of shied away from him. So while you know, to the people who don't follow it closely, it's going to look bad losing a recruit to Northwestern. They're not actually losing him. The question is who they're going to get. <laughs> you know, that's the question. Which transfers is what they're going to get yeah he loves the portal he loves the portal i think that'll be at least half the class like i said love it you got to get at least one high school kid i think he is getting young guys in the portal it's not that bad to see okay this kid played at utah and he's functional at a big power five more than functional that's in some ways better than getting a, a you don't know what you're getting with a top yeah. 75 or 100 guy maybe yeah right? that's true uh with the, the the caveat there is chemistry and also you have to hit if you don't hit on those guys like the previous year where they were missing you end up with a team like last year that had you know i should have been starting at center last <laughs> year so you have you got you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself chemistry's guys funny you mentioned utah and martinez because i've been hearing a lot you know He's, he's been out with the um, meniscus, but they really think he's going to be a big-time player down the road. So Cool. Good. That's about it. It's, uh, it's pretty quiet. I'm sure, you know, pretty soon with visits and, and everybody getting on campus, it's, it's going to pick up. We have a non-revs report from Wheels. Here we go. This is Wheels with your IMS non-revenue sports report. Five of the six Maryland fall teams have started their seasons, with none losing a game so far. The men's soccer team defeated 18th-ranked Charlotte. The women's soccer team, which went winless last season, has started 3-0 so far. They've outscored their opponents 7-1. The field hockey team defeated St. Joe's 4-3 in two overtimes. Finally, the women's volleyball team swept the Maryland Invitational, going 3-0 while dropping only a single set. And that's a wrap for your IMS non-revenue sports report. Damn, so they're, di- cup, they're winning the director's cup this year or whatever it's called, right? One yeah. addendum. There's Stanford. been a Stanford wins it most times. Yeah. Maryland yeah. does place high in that from time to time, but there's one addendum. The women's soccer team did lose within the last hour. They lost three, one to Navy. Six. I was looking at that game. It looks like, a, it looks like one of those that might be sneaky. Yeah, they were one one at half. Gave up a couple goals in the second half. Tough, tough, yeah, tough. Back on the back end of their offensive striking zone. No longer undefeated for the 2021-22 athletic season. So, for the end of the show, I have an over under, and I made six of them because I made them before I knew Paul was abandoning abandoning us. Do you want all six? Sure. I'll give you all six. Okay. Over give, under. Give yourself three of them. Why don't you do three yeah. of them? Me do. Okay. I'll do Paul's. How about that? And you can chime in too, but football team wins in 2021 over under 5.5. I mean, that's the spot right there. That is the 
That is the um, breaking point. I think over, I think it's going to be five or six, could be more. There's, you know, there's just some question marks. I'm going to say over because I think they get to six, but that's right. That's the zone. Yeah, we all, in our predictions you saw, we all had just over six. So that would make sense over. I have a, I feel like they could win some games against big teams too because they have firepower and if it clicks the right way, you know, in a certain game. Anyway, they're a lot more, they got a lot more talent and athleticism than they've had in quite a while. Games that Reese Udinsky plays more than mop up duty over under 2.5 was what I had for Paul. So essentially, Talia gets hurt. What you got? I, <laughs> I know Paul was going to say over, and I was kind of setting him up to say the over there. Because I know he thinks Talia is playing behind an iffy offensive line. And Maryland's quarterback history would lead you to believe that, yeah, you're going to need that backup quarterback to play. In our ideal world, we want him playing under four, under five games, four or less, so he can have that redshirt year. I'm going to say over. Mm. I, do, I do think there's going to be stuff happens. Stuff happens. I hope not. Hope not. All right, Jeff. Jerry's playing along in the chat room. Only one person. They said over for you. And two, they say over. He'll get garbage time. But I said more than mop-up duty, not just garbage time. Anyway, okay, Jeff. Third one, Maryland football's 2022 recruiting class ranking over under 30. Mm. I'm going to say over right now they're at 41, I think, and it's going to be a small class. So it would take some serious star power to get it down under 30. And, you know, they're, they're involved with a handful of higher rated dudes, but there's not like 10 higher rated guys that they have a chance with who are all going to, and obviously all those other teams are going to get more guys too. So I got to say over. Jay Sean Barham would bring him up like 10 spots by himself though. So. Yeah, he's the big dog. I mean, he's clearly by far the biggest prize left on the list. Uh, that's going to be an interesting one. I think it's three-way battle with them, Penn State, and South Carolina. Don't, don't, dude, Penn State, I'm, come I'm, on, man. I mean, it's what's happening. Penn State is on fire this year. It's I don't know what they're doing to change things. They didn't recruit that well last year, and then they had a bad season, but – I mean, I haven't looked at the class rankings in a week. They were number one. They still might be number one in the country. The uh, last time I looked, they were number one due to the number of recruits. However, yeah. their average ranking was much lower than many other schools. It is lower uh, than some, but they do. They also, I think, they have – Their class is ridiculous, yeah. 10 or 11 four-stars, something like yeah. that. And they've got a couple kids. they got Kevin Winston, who Maryland wanted – they might get Andre Roy, who Maryland wants. So you got to win. You know, you can't let them get all three of those. You got to win out on beat them for Roy or Barham, at least if you're Maryland. Yeah, they could definitely be finishing the top five. Number four that I had for Paul: number of current players on the current number of players on the current football team that will play in the NFL over under ten. That's not a bit. Think about it. It's le legit. There's a lot of NFL potential guys. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Especially a linebacker. You know, we talk about receiver. I wrote 
as I was writing a story yesterday about um, where they stand at each position, it kind of dawned on me that linebacker is as young, has as much young talent as any. I mean, they're, they're really, when you count Terrence Lewis and Brandon Jennings and Jeremy Spragans, and then you add them to these two guys who they have. Gote is probably too small for the NFL, but Ruben Hippolyte seems like a short fire guy. Um, you know, In the, the secondary, Cross and Still. Yeah, they should have a chance. Bennett, uh, Corian Bennett, Deontay Banks should have a chance. And then you never know among the, you know, freshman kind of guy. Uh, Conquo would have a chance. I think it's tight end. I remember I talked to, asked somebody in the program who the top NFL guys were. This was last summer and he thought he was really high up on the list. Uh, but still 10 is just a lot of NFL players from one roster. It happens. But, but they could do it on the defensive line. Yeah, I think uh, Kite. Yeah, Kite. Then you got that, all the four stars. It, it, it's such a good question because most of the guys are young. That's why it's a wide play. receiver. At least two, maybe four or five. Yeah, it feel like they should be sure things almost. Uh, yes. They got two quarterbacks that could maybe do it. Right, you talked me, talk me into it. I'm going over just because of the guys. They Duncan, have. Duncan yeah. on the offensive line. Like I'm telling you, like literally could be 10. Yeah. It reminds you a little bit of those early 2000s teams. Yeah. Consistently had like, you know, they weren't necessarily all NFL stars, but you just had one guy after another. Um, yeah. All right. You talked me into it. I was going to say under, but now I'm, I'm in over. All right. The fifth one attendance at the Maryland West Virginia game on Saturday over under 40,000. What you got? I think over. I'm going over. Easily. You hear about there's a thread on on the Maryland on the Inside Maryland Sports message board talking about how many tickets are still left for sale and even the West Virginia tension isn't coming out strong. That that second part is surprising cuz they they travel there. So, it's a, it's a border, you know, it's so close. I would yeah. think open seats that they're just going to gobble. I still would think they will, they will just gobble up empty seats and make it a 50, 50 crowd most likely. Uh, but Maryland, yeah, they're not, you know, trust me. I know I have a partnership with them where we, where we sell some tickets and uh, football and basketball for them. And it's not brisk. It's not <laughs> brisk in either sport. Last one, attendance at the IMS Radio tailgate show at Paul's tailgate this Saturday over under 100. That's an easy over. Over under 40,000 again. (laughs) It's an easy over 100. Over. Over 100. Everybody's coming. Right. Alone at least. And then people kind of wading through and wandering around. We'll see an event. They'll stick around and it'll build. Yes. We got big guests coming. Who are the guests again, Paul? Tell everybody. Sorry. Jeff. Um, tell everybody one last time. Who are there? Marilyn Lehrman, former NFL sack leader, Chris Knocky, show Chris favorite. Uh, and maybe we're, we're still in contact with another guy or two. I just don't want to put it out and then under deliver. But, uh, and I mean, more importantly, I'm in contact with Lido Pizza. So that's the big, forget the other guests. Oh, yes. Is that definitely happening? I'm talking to them tomorrow, so I'm hoping to just have like a stack of Lido peaches. Everybody has their own pizza at at watching us. Uh, But 
Yeah, I love our sales pitch. All three of us worked for Lido. When all, we three, <laughs> all three, all three. I miss radio. Yeah. Work for Lido. That's so me. weird. Yeah, I delivered pizza for them at one point. Right That's after fun. I finished college, I was playing in my band, and we were. I was playing three or four gigs a week, and during the days, I delivered like around lunchtime. I delivered pizzas, okay. and I had, I had the craziest freaking road rage. I would miss my if somebody cut me off i would miss my delivery and follow those motherfuckers and, <laughs> and be like just and then like i remember one time i came back and i was like frothing at the mouth just pissed and the manager's like dude calm down calm down like what's what's your problem when you one day you're gonna run up against some crazy guy and i was like you don't understand I'm the crazy guy that they just ran into. I'm the crazy one that they well, have to worry about. You're not the crazy <laughs> guy. You didn't have a gun or a willingness to go to prison over it. So you're, you're not the crazy guy. Yeah, I don't think I was that crazy. But I had crazy road rage, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, you had, probably had it better than me. I was slaving away in the back. Made, over that, They had this huge bowl where you made the dough for four bucks an hour, I think it was. Just backbreaking, standing there all day making massive amounts of dough. I wanted to be a waiter, but they would only hire females to be waitresses. I was always really salty about that. And I was salty because they had a rule where if you messed up a pizza, you had to throw it away. So if we, we made a mistake, and I loved, obviously, the pizza is like, right. crack. you know, not that I smoke crack, but the, the, the pizza is incredible. Uh, and so they did that for the obvious reason that they thought we would intentionally make the pizza's wrong so we could eat them. So I thought that was crazy. They were really stingy with it. I think the cut, I think they have to have the rule. They have to have the rule because otherwise people would do exactly what you just said. But they were so like, I think, I think our, our employee deal was we got 10% on days you were not working or something like that. I was like, what, what is it? But I think I worked there for like two months just to get enough money to go, go to ocean city for senior week. Oh, no, I worked there for years. After that, I became a waiter and bartender. And actually managed it for a while. Managed for a while, which I hated. I hated every, I was a shitty bartender. They had, in Virginia, they have the, it's the, the ABC. They come out and they'll like secret shop you. Yeah. And I still remember the quote to this day. They secret shopped me and they, I got written up. And the quote was, this bartender is in need of serious training. <laughs> Because yeah. I just didn't, and I didn't care. Like I was, you know, I was just. Anyway, well, I got whatever. a better one for you. The day I quit, they they kept scheduling me on like early shifts or something, and I was remember getting pissed and arguing with them about the shifts they were giving me. And one day I was really tired. I think I had worked till there till midnight the night before, and they called me and like you got to be in here at nine a.m. All of a sudden, and I went in there and I just quit for the moment I was done. And I remember the general manager being like, "I knew you were only in this for the money from the very beginning." Well, yeah, duh. Why uh, else would you like? Are you in here for the camaraderie? Like, I'm not. <laughs> I know what for the interaction. Not... What else? What the? What, you know, it was the, one of the weirdest quotes anybody's ever said to me. Yeah, the only people who might possibly is like, if you want a career, like you want a manager, own it. Then maybe you're in it for like it's the, even still you're still there for the money. Yeah, right. Was, and I was, and I was like 21 20 21 at the time so not that mature so there might my response might have had like smd as i was walking out of bennigan's i might have yelled a phrase that goes smd which 
you know, isn't necessarily the most professional thing, but it's not really, yeah. you know, I wasn't planning on using them as a reference. So we've talked about this for way too long. People are still watching. We've, we've maintained the number of people watching. So that's good. I will say one more thing that everyone can laugh at me. When I asked him what his favorite song was, I have no idea who he was talking about. Do you know who, who that yeah, was? He's very popular. A little baby. I mean, he's, <laughs> I have no idea who that is. Yeah. He's, been, he's, he's, he's a pretty big star. He uh, sucks. I think, but most of hip hop to me is, I mean, my opinion is worthless, but it's terrible. You're an old man. Yeah, so today's music that. is never as good as it was when you were growing yeah, up coming yeah, of age. But it's true. This time it's true. It's not just the. Yeah. Uh, right. Yes. This is the this is what I always say with the when people talk about that stuff. Anyway, all right, Paul, did you did Paul even make it? He's not watching. He's not getting this far in the show. He's not even going to watch it. He might watch the AJ Swan interview, and that's it. Probably not. I'm going to leave a secret message here for Paul right now, and we'll see if he gets it. Nobody tell okay. him. Nobody tell him. The secret message for Paul is that if you see this. This portion of the show, if you've made it through the entire portion of the show, to this point in the show, I will give you, I will present to you $1 at the tailgate next week at your tailgate, at our live show at the tailgate, $1 at that tailgate as your prize for making it through the entire show. $1, but you've got to bring it up on your own. We'll see if you do that. 10 to 1 odds against it. 10 to 1 odds against it. Yeah, I don't... I don't think he's he's watching this far. Our numbers keep going up, by the way. So maybe they like this part of the show more than our commentary on the football team. And Lito's. And talk about Lito Pizza, yeah. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Good show. Just the two of us. Hung in there without Paul's clever one-liners. Who needs those anyway? Not me. Paul. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us in the chat room and for your comments, in particular, Jerry, who ripped off about 20 in a row there at the end. we The next time we will see you guys will be in person, but I am going to live stream it also. September 4th, six days from now, next Saturday, Maryland's opening game against West Virginia near the lots 9B and UU, near the Xfinity Center in the grassy area there. Please come see us. Please arrive around 12. AMS Radio Show is going to start at 1, but Jeff's going to be providing, hopefully, not confirmed yet, hopefully providing Lido Pizza for the tailgate. It's going to be a lot of fun, hopefully a lot of drinking, good time with some good guests. We will see you guys there. Thank you all. See you next time.